guys it's pj welcome back to my podcast um i was i'm just gonna get right into it i was on a little bit of a hiatus i didn't post last week because i didn't make anything last week um i wasn't feeling very motivated and obviously this podcast is supposed to be something that's fun for me and something that i enjoy doing and if i'm not in the mood to do it then i don't want to do it i don't want to burn myself out and make it something that feels like more mature than like fun or coping so if i'm not in the mood to do it i'm not going to do it and that is that it may be a little inconsistent but you know i would rather be inconsistent than miserable so um little life update i saw a new therapist today which was honestly really good she was really good and she really listened to me and she really cared about what i had to say which has not been the experience sometimes with therapists in the past that i've had to lead um if you are like noticing that people especially people that have to do with mental health in your life are no longer serving you get the hell out of there like i'm serious and if you notice that just like a therapist in general isn't working for you don't be scared to be like therapy doesn't work for me because therapy does not work for everyone like therapy personally does help me I like having someone to talk to and rant to and vent to that will listen and has to listen and has to care and can help me navigate through my anxiety my depression my other things and it's nice but for some people therapy just doesn't help and just because it works for some people doesn't mean it's going to work for you and so don't feel pressured to like have to go to therapy i used to feel like therapy made my struggles valid like if i went to therapy that meant like that was what was actually happening to me was actually happening and i now realize that like therapy does not equal truth in your mental illness and it doesn't equal like realness so anyways Last week, I asked you guys to ask me some questions, and today I'm going to answer them. I don't know if this is going to be a shorter podcast episode or a longer one, but I have like 10 questions here, and then I also have my other notebook of like other topics I want to discuss, which I'm probably going to save for next episode. It's already 9 o'clock tonight, and I like to go to bed by 9.30, so we're just going to see what happens. The first question that I got is how to be there for others when you yourself are struggling. (sighs) This is a bit of a loaded question. Um, I think the first thing to say obviously is put yourself first. Put you and your mental health first always, but also be aware that in the same way that you like to talk to people about your problems or you might like to talk to people about your problems, those same people might like talking about their problems with you. I think something that can help is finding someone that has similar struggles to you. I know that talking to people who similarly suffer with suicidal ideations helps um, because to a person who has never been suicidal hearing that someone is suicidal is like why why would you be that why would you want that like why do you want to die but if you're talking to someone who similarly struggles i think it becomes a lot easier to realize that you're not alone and to realize that there are other people like you and you can talk to them and you can relate to them and i think that genuinely helps another thing is 
know that sometimes when people are giving you space it's not because of anything you did this is something i really have tried to teach myself is that sometimes it's not my fault if other people are struggling and don't want to be around me because it's the same way that i struggle sometimes and i don't want to be around my friends so giving space and listening but also making sure that you're putting yourself first and if you genuinely can't handle listening to other people's problems when you're struggling yourself say it sometimes in my life i've had friends be like i'll say like i care about you and they're like do you really and i'm like yes i do but right now i have to put myself first and i can't bear the burden of all of your problems as well as my own i just can't do it and usually saying that can kind of make your friends realize that you're not like lying or you're not trying to ignore them you just also have your own problems that you know you have to deal with and that's okay and usually people can be very understanding about that so don't stress super hard about it and just make sure you're openly communicating with your friends the next question that i got was what are some adjustments you made in your life that made dealing with your anxiety and depression easier (laughs) well first going to therapy i think helped me a lot because it was like giving me this tool almost of like someone to help me navigate how I was feeling therapy isn't always helpful because those people don't necessarily know what you're going through they can study it scientifically textbook it talk to other people who go through it but it's not the same as talking to someone who actually knows the feeling instead of just like hearing about other people talking about that feeling whoops sorry guys I think I think that's something else that I did that made dealing with it easier was being more open about it. When I used to hide things about my mental health, um, it became hard to deal with it because people would ask me all the time why I was acting a certain way or, or why I lashed out so much or why I cried when I went to the movie theater. And it was exhausting mentally having to constantly come up with like excuses for why I acted the way that I acted and just being more open about my needs for my own comfort became so helpful and became like really good for me and made dealing with my anxiety easier because then other people understood more and they were more willing to help or be understanding i guess something else that i did was talk to my teachers about it i have horrible anxiety when it comes to presenting and something that i started telling my teachers is if i can please 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 let me present by myself without everyone else watching me so i can do it full out and to the best of my ability or i will have a panic attack Um, Actually, side note, I am on my school's DEI club, which is essentially um, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Club, and on Friday was a teacher work day, but I had to go because I was on a panel to teach the teachers, Um, and that was really interesting, but one of the topics that came up was mental health, and I said, you know, this month is Suicide Prevention Month, and I have seen 
no teachers talking about it or addressing it in any way shape or form which makes me sad because people see it as a taboo or touchy subject when there are people that are genuinely struggling and genuinely want to kill him wanting to kill themselves and if it gets talked about even a little bit maybe people will realize that they aren't so alone and so i was like you guys say you care about mental health but if a kid is really depressed and telling you they just cannot get their work done they don't have the motivation you're calling them lazy if they're having an anxiety or panic attack in class you're calling them dramatic you're saying that they want attention and you guys aren't genuinely showing that you care about mental health you say you do and you say you care if a kid is suicidal but you do nothing to change it and then you cry about them when they have committed suicide you go to their funeral and you say what a bright intelligent kid they were and you don't even know if that's true and the teacher asked me like how do we how are we supposed to show that we care and i was like if you guys don't even know how to show that you care about people who are struggling and you can't be empathetic with that i don't know how to help you like let kids present alone give them like a little bit of an extension on certain things whenever they're clearly very depressed or are struggling try to be more empathetic with kids like you know i feel like that's not that hard and some teachers just don't seem to get it they seem to think it's all fake and made up and not real and that drives me crazy um so yeah the next question kind of goes along with that and that is how to help friends with mental illness um there's no real way there's no textbook way to help people that have mental illness it's just not it's just not a thing what you can do is try to be more understanding if your friends begin to pull away from you um i think a lot of people get like feel like pain whenever their friends start to like distance themselves or they feel like their friends hate them or they get really angry when like their friends don't want to go out things like that um but that's just part of like people with mental illness and being understanding when your friends are pulling away or having a bad week definitely helps and letting them know i get what you're going through or not even that i get it like I understand you're struggling and me wanting to talk to you and be around you is not helping. So if you need space, that's okay. And making it very clear that you're not mad at them is very helpful to a person with mental illness. So yeah, I if you see someone, if you see them like struggling in public, like sometimes when I go out with my friends, I'll be having and you know i i talk about my social anxiety like i never go out and that's not true i do manage to go out sometimes um i think my medicine has definitely helped with that my soul loft but anyways um being like noticing because i have certain things that i do that indicate my anxiety um i bite my nails crack my knuckles a lot play with like my earlobe and my earrings or my necklace things like that um can like indicate that i'm getting anxiety and so if you kind of pick up on those things or you ask your friends like can you give a signal when you're having anxiety and things like that and you're willing to like leave the party with them if they're having anxiety can be really helpful so yeah it it has to do with like what certain types of mental illnesses there are if your friends have adhd 
being aware that just because they're being annoying to you doesn't mean that they can clearly see that themselves are being annoying like see it themselves so kind of setting boundaries there can be helpful but it really depends on the mental illness it depends on the friend you know ask your friends how can i make this more comfortable for you how can i be a better friend to you and understand your mental illness better um the next question i've gotten is successful coping skills that i've used uh (laughs) well one is this podcast two is writing poetry i absolutely love 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 writing let me see if i have any thing that i can read you guys it's not like super personal i usually only post like my favorite ones that i've written or ones that i really just need to like get off my chest um but i do write a lot and sometimes it's helpful sometimes it isn't sometimes just getting your words out can be helpful okay here's one spiraled again last night over everything So I washed my face and watched my thoughts follow the water down the drain of the kitchen sink. However, I could still taste the salty sadness on my lips. Could you taste my sadness the first time we kissed? I really thought last night would be the night that I break. I would go to unblock your number from my phone, my heart pounding yes, my mind screaming no, but my fingers slipped, my hands paired with a violent shake. I would want you to know my parents are still fighting, and I'm trying not to jump, but my mind is relentless and tiring, and all of my friendships feel fake, but I've been on medication since the seventh grade, so what am I? So what can I perceive to feel real when I don't even know how it feels to feel? Um, so that's one, and then the other one is, um, I don't love the boy I've been obsessed with for two years. I was always just sad, he was always just there. But now he's moving on, says he found someone stable. It was bound to happen. I know he always hated how I hated labels. So I'll move on to whatever that means. It probably just means I'll be another in between. I wish I was more lovable, but I have been taught no matter how hard I try, I am not. Instead, I am the middle ground, not beautiful, just hot. I am too much for any one person. Instead of a girl, I am seen as a burden. So, anyways, those can be helpful. Um, Usually it's pretty bad poetry. Like, I'll be completely honest. The one I wrote tonight, I was just having a very, very bad day. So I wrote this. Um, I'll read it. Do you really believe he loved you? Oh, sorry. Let me start over. Did you really believe he loved you? Stupid girl. He loved putting his fingers inside of you and scraping out every inch of love, giving nothing in return. He loved to kiss your bruises, to take away your pain and give you hope that your future was going to be brighter than your past. Then he would hit you. It surprised you at first, but then became a numbing normalcy. He was leaving bruises in places you didn't even know he could touch. These could not so easily be kissed away. He wanted you to crave him. He loved to be your addiction. He got off on knowing you were wrapped around his finger and you couldn't control it. He loved his power over you. He loved his power, but he never loved you. So, coping poetry. And if you can't write, 
I don't think I'm good at writing. Like, I genuinely don't. But sometimes I'll write things. I'll be like, this sounds pretty okay. And then I'll share it. And some people will be like, this is good. And some people will be like, this is relatable. So those are the three that I feel like a lot of people have told me like are good and relatable in some form or fashion. So I read them to you. But I have a lot and most of it's bad. So, you know, coping in any way. Writing, journaling is something that I do a lot. Crying is a very effective coping mechanism. One that I use often. We'll probably use later to night um and use it at school a lot uh another way that i cope is doing schoolwork and for some people that may be like oh my god that's the stupidest thing ever how can you cope by something that stresses you out so much school is something i can fully control my grades are pretty much something that i am in constant control of and knowing that i can ensure that they stay good gives me such a sense of relief it's like clicking a button in my anxiety that's just like Ah, you know what I mean? So that, um, talking to people, therapy, I don't know. Coping skills are different for everyone, but those are some of the ones that I've used. The next question is, how do you deal with the stress of life after high school? Um, well, for starters, I didn't think I was going to live this long. I still don't know if I'm going to live all the way to see college, but I'm, right now, that's my plan. Um, is to live all the way to that so that's good it's more it's more of a positive outlook for me I'll say that much like you know used to be like hoping I was dead by 16 now I'm like okay with being alive but that might change who knows um anyways don't want to get dark but stress of life after high school one I think is you don't have to have it all figured out like you really don't I know what I want to do because it's been something that I've wanted to do for forever. I know where I want to go because it's been somewhere that I've wanted to go forever. So, you know, those kinds of things, if it's, if, if you haven't figured it out yet, you don't have to feel pressure to. I just tell myself everything is going to work out. I don't let myself get stressed over something that hasn't even happened yet. Which I know for some people is very difficult, but it helps me and it helps relax me. Um, right now, try your best to get as good of grades as possible if you want to go to college. If you don't want to go to college, that's totally okay. For a very long period of time, I wanted to... <coughs> Sorry. Oops. Sorry, y'all. I had a bit of a coughing fit, but what I was going to say is for a very long time, I wanted to live in a van after high school. Then I realized if I wanted scholarships, I can't do a gap year. So my plan is to still at some point in my life, live in a van and travel around, but it might just have to be after college. Um, yeah. Uh, another question that I got is, is mental illness chronic? And the answer to that is no, not for everyone. Uh, for me, <laughs> probably. Um, I've just had this for as long as I can remember. I don't really see it ever going away for me. I just see myself getting better at dealing with it. But not for everyone. Some people can have certain things and events and triggers in their life that happen that make them depressed, like clinically and suicidal, but they don't always live like that. Um, and the last question is, why do those with mental illness crave routine? For me, I love having a routine. I love having a set time that I get up in the morning, a set time that I go to sleep, a set time that I do this, a set time that I do that. I have a planner. I love my planner. I love using my planner. And I think the 
the quick answer to that is dealing with anxiety is easier if you know what to expect. Dealing with depression is easier if you know what to expect. So if you have a routine, it becomes easier to know what to expect and therefore you're not stressed out, you're not becoming at least less motivated. So yeah, I hope I answered all of your questions. If you have more, if you have anything you want me to talk about, of course let me know, DM me, message me, call me, text me. You guys know how to reach me. Anyways, I love you all. Goodbye.